everyone, Hove here. Welcome to the third episode of the HRL Touch Em All podcast legend lineup by yours truly, Psych and Hove. We got Mippy Five on today. Can't wait to get into it. Um, just wanted to let everyone know we had some technical difficulties. Uh, bounced around, traversed the University of St. Thomas campus, and sadly our time was cut a little bit short. Evan and I wish we could have talked to Mippy for three hours, but we only got about an hour of hour of talking in, um, maybe even a little bit less, but just wanted to let everyone know that. That's why you'll hear a couple breaks in it, and um, we got some fun planned, and yeah, I think it's gonna be a good episode. Really, really relaxed, really laid back, and uh, once again, shout out Mippy Five, and we were glad to have him on. Let's get into it. And to start it off, please enjoy uh, right around ten minutes of us not doing a podcast and kind of just hanging out. And then shortly after that, ten fifteen minutes in, we get right into the good stuff. So, thank you guys for listening. And have a great rest of your day. It's a walk off. Mm. We'll see if it. Seen that a few times. <laughs> we'll, we'll see if it uh, sticks around for. I haven't uh, thought of any, year. but I'm hoping to, that we all, that everyone in the league, get, like, gets a home run, Selby. Gets a couple with someone on their team or a couple guys on their team yeah. this year. You pointed out during the World Series that he was doing his patented sit on the fence little thing. Yeah. And I was saying to him, like, shit, you should make that into a little logo outline like you're the only one i know doing that that's kind of iconic so and it's to the last possible second too. yeah like i was like he's not gonna be ready for the ball yeah. and then the last Always. second you have i definitely know i'm the one doing that but like that's definitely what i'm most comfortable with that's why that that's definitely a little iconic thing for sure, for sure. i thought that I'm, was sick like that's what i'm comfortable it too. doing yeah because i would notice that too and i'm thinking same thing shit yeah. Loop one in here if he's not ready. You have like nothing. You're pretty stone cold these last couple of years when it comes I to. I think I've yeah always been doing good so. things. I don't have a home run celebration. Get the finger point, don't you? I mean that is probably the most. I did that iconic. one time. Yeah. Okay. Off Suez in Game Three. No, you did it. You off do him. the hat spike celebration. You did it off him. In World Series Dodgers. Oh really? In the video that, that you posted, right. you hit the bump. Oh maybe yeah. You know I know. Oh yeah, that's right. But that's like two times ever that I can really remember. Did you do it in that old Dodgers video that's up mm-hmm. on the... You didn't... That was when I had spiked. Because, oh. like, I think I went 0 for 16. No. Was that off of him, too? No, it was video? off Nightmare. Oh. That was yeah. the Reds. Yeah. That was the end was of the Reds, Reds yeah. that night. I was thinking the hat spike when Char homework that you were celebrating oh, Char's homework. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I wish he would have just done it first pitch because I went to felt as bad. I was like, I can't walk him because I got murderers real behind him. Yeah, I mean, I'll just keep throwing him strikes. Yeah, he did what he had to do. I think he fouled off 15 in a row. I think he hit one off him. Yeah. When was that? Game seven. To win, last to year. win the World Series, game seven. Basically. Yeah. It was in the like, that was when third inning or fourth inning. But Wait, you were in oh, two, yeah. 2021. Yeah. Game six or seven? Or that was Charwell seven. and seven? Charwell and seven. Yeah, yeah he hit the walk off game six. You hit the walk-off that I robbed, and then you hit a walk-off. Oh, yeah, you robbed the one prior. <laughs> yeah. That's just ridiculous that, like, I'm playing in the perfect spot. Mm-hmm. It would have been a walk-off home run. And then the next inning. You went oppo. Yeah, I was just trying to hit a ball the other the other way. It's almost like Radis was calling us out, because that was him, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, for sure. 
Well, he knows we're still in here. Yeah, he does. So I think we'll keep going. No, I want to stay. Okay. We keep, we're not staying. You, so we're going to pack up and leave? Well, we'll just walk minutes. to the other building. But yeah, we'll go down before it. Fuck. Okay. I don't want to get locked in here. How would we? Because they lock it every night? Mm. I guess. No, they probably lock I just assume all those doors that have that the push-in thing all I think can they open can lock. from the inside. I think they can lock from the inside. Mm. That's a great... That answers an overarching question about what kind of security places run if they do do that. Because, like, are you trying to let people out if they're stuck in? Or are you trying to keep people in <laughs> who are in? Ah, the next topic. Control. You guys got stuck in here all night. We could make a long podcast if we got stuck in. That's true. Sorry you guys have to listen to eight hours of this, but we've got nothing else to do. We're just stuck in a building. I'm sure my classes could handle themselves tomorrow, just by themselves. <laughs> you teach? Yeah. What? A grade? or Seventh grade English. 12-year-olds. Really? 13, yeah, 13-year-olds are fine on their own, I'm sure. I know you're probably chill with it now. Like, I got to witness teachers doing their thing, and I worked with, I worked in schools last spring for a few months only, but it's just crazy that you teach. Yeah, never a dull moment. Yeah. What'd you do in schools? Have you heard of Apex Leadership Company? Uh-uh. We just do fundraising in schools, so like we're in there for two weeks. Okay. Have like a big... Uh, Blow like blow up set up in the gym. Oh, bring like everyone it's a down. Fun run? Yeah, it's a fun run. Um, we did that one. Yeah, more like a fun dance. Yeah, something just to get active. Yeah. And then we're in the school all day, every day for those two weeks, though. So like I'm in classrooms, like even the fifth grade teachers and shit. And That's seventh exciting. grade must be better though. I like the older kids at the same time that I hate them. <laughs> Depends on the day. Yeah. There's bigger drama, but then sometimes they're more mature. Hmm. Should we get do, over there? Do they know about your YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I feel like every kid in the school would know about that or something. Yeah, it, my first year teaching, it, I made it a month before someone oh. realized it. And then as soon as one person found out, then like, everyone found out, and then for every year. Spread like wildfire. Yeah, like they knew coming wow. in. And so there's still some if they're like new to the school that don't know about it. Or just it's just like funny talk and banter. I'm sure sometimes. Or yeah, Mr. Thompson, I saw you twerking in a video. Oh. Well, you, you probably did. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Mom like it? You just gotta have that stone cold killer. Just. <laughs> you just have, yeah. You know what about it? <laughs> yeah. Is so. <laughs> You're not famous. Good podcast, everybody. Yep, great job, guys. Same time next week. I'm just gonna carry it. Keep it rolling. <laughs> Keep it rolling on the run. Are we Is that recording the whole time, too? Yeah. <laughs> Hello. HRL on the move. HRL on wheels. We are currently at the Memorial Library on University of St. Thomas campus. 
We are live with Mippy 5 of the HRL of the HRL Chihuahuas, the Hopkins Chihuahuas of the NWA Dong Show champion. And I'm here with Psych as well. We're on the we're on the move. This is HRL. On this is HRL wheels. history. I think? HRL on wheels. Ooh, what do you guys have to say to a historic moment such as this? It's great to be a part of it. I'm just relishing in being in the St. Thomas Library as often as I ever was in the St. John's Library now. So, mm. oh, it one time. Mm. Great library. Too bad they close at eight. At eight. It is J term. I wonder if they're open later. It's got to be just a yeah. January. It's Ooh. prime study hours. I don't even know what to hit here. Hopefully it's out. Probably going with the star. Might be. Point five. Where were we on two? <laughs> we were on four. Oh, it definitely is star. Because we're barely raised above the ground. Maybe. I don't know. I think this is it. We'll find out. room for one more if you still want to go to Aspen. Where did you find that? Some kid back in town. Traded the van for it straight up. I can get 70 miles to the gallon on this hog. You know, Lloyd, just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber. Hello, you go and do hello, hello, like hello. And totally redeem yourself! <laughs> <laughs> so this is the Wednesday edition, right? Wednesday edition. Yesterday we talked to one web bubble. Mippy five. Let me do the intro. Yeah, give me something. Are we recording? We're live. Okay. All right. Give us some Mip. <clears throat> bang, bang, skeet, skeet. Mippy 5 back up in these screets. Figured since I'm a chihuahua, I got to bring back the uh, off-the-leash uh, pregame show intro. I'm not your host, Mippy 5. But he's our guest today. <laughs> he is, apparently... Make yourself known right away. I love it. Bang, bang, skeet, skeet. Welcome back <laughs> to the HRL Touch Em All podcast. Where we will touch them all. We're coming fresh off of our first two days of the Legend lineup with your hosts, Hove. I am Hove and my friend Psych. And you already heard his voice, Mippy5. What's well, up? You know, we're on an adventure touring the St. Thomas yeah. campus in my St. John's shirt. Got to make a statement, but got kicked out of the library. We can just roll with that story that we got kicked out. Right? Yeah. Kicked out in a brutal fashion. fashion. Yeah, a band for life. Thrown uh, to the streets. We got trespassed, so now we're in the student center. 
um, very inclusive student center right now. Um, yes. Love is love out here. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's been an adventure. Got a full tour. Already, too. And we haven't even talked about anything yet. Yeah. Um, well, we always do an intro okay. of all of our guests. And since Psych, I think, knows you a little bit more, take it away. Tell us about maybe five. Who do we got in the, in the studio with us today? Yeah. So today, the Wednesday edition of the Legend lineup, um, we have none other than, you heard him already, Mippy Five. Um, this will be his first season with the Chihuahuas. Uh, Mippy is a four-time, count it, four-time Atrial champion, which, if you don't know, is tied for the most ever. Um, he is a 2017 Hopkins MVP. He also won a 2020 national championship with the Dong Show. Um, he is a two-time Cy Wiffle and a four-time, this year being his fourth, Sticky Paw, which is also the most ever. Um, he was the key part and probably the number one or two pitcher of the Biscuit Dynasty from 2017 to 2020. He had a legendary walk-off home run in Game 6 of the 2021 World Series against uh, our Baby Cakes um, in a legendary battle that went seven. He's best known probably as the best video guy in the league. He's been doing it for such a long time, um, and that kind of goes back to your past of making videos when you were younger and, and being kind of the face of, of YouTube in our league um, up to this point. You were also the original Fridley Factor, um, and what I would call the most handsome 34-year-old in existence in the league, you tell us. You got me feeling myself right now. Uh, in the Milky Way, at least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in regards to that last statement, most handsome 34-year-old, I actually share the birthday with Rupert Grant, I believe his name is. Um, he's Ron Weasley from Harry Potter. So, so you're at best, I'm second. You're automatically disqualified. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get that. We'll cross that one out. Cut. Whoa. Second most handsome. Wait, yeah. you like redheads? Hey. <laughs> I did listen to your last podcast, and I was very flattered with your kind words about, um, well, man crush going on. So. About five, yeah. Yeah, so uh, at some point, the lights are dimmed. Just for the record, <laughs> we sat down, and Hove said, now nah, let's set the mood by turning the lights off in here. So the, the lighting is very romantic, and if at any point Psych leaves the room, we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, we're going to have to be on our toes for something like that. <laughs> yeah, so um, just to paint the visual of what's happening yeah. in this room right now, love is love. We've, we've got that going on. Mippy's glowing red on St. Thomas campus, which I love to see. Like, yeah, roll Toms, whatever, but I like the Johnnies here too. You know, I think we got a lot of Johnnies in the uh, HRL as well, if I'm not mistaken. There's a few of them in there, yeah. I'm sure there's a few guys that know about the rivalry, too. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a big rivalry in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. If you're a Minnesotan, come on. You know about that. Yeah. So the Tommy's I guess scared and left the Maya, but whatever. That's a discussion yeah. for another. Left D3 to go D1. Yeah. yeah cowards. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely cowards. Mm-hmm. But to you boys, I think it's a pleasure to have all three of us in one room. And um, Yeah, this is this is some, some high energy right here, us three finally getting together because I don't see Mippy that often and as always this is a perfect opportunity for me to learn more about because I'm interested a lot in Fridley Factor you know your history Mm -hmm. your come up and obviously Psych is too and I think a lot of people out there are who might not acknowledge it and especially for new guys any of the new guys who listen to this podcast Mippy's a legend so 
Treat him as such. Yeah. Psych says so. Tell my students that, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Treat him as such. <laughs> yeah. We'll play him this podcast. Is that allowed <laughs> in <laughs> public schools? Well, I think after uh, about two minutes ago, we said we were going to do in this empty room. Yeah. We're probably not going to show it to him. Yeah. Uh, he's going to select the bits <laughs> yeah. and pieces that we can show and cut out the parts. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're good with that type of stuff, though. Yeah, for sure. Well, boys, I... Let's just get right into our topics, and of course the one topic that everybody listening right now is probably interested in hearing about, and uh, we forgot to leave it in, um, is the epic three-game battle that you both were a part of between the Egan Baby Cakes and the Hopkins Mets this past season in what was the first round of the Egan playoffs. Um, I know, Mip, you showed up a little bit late, but you were there for the majority of the series um, and what ended ultimately in a whole walk-off um, game-winning home run, series-winning home run. Um, so, boys, I mean, both of you, just one at a time or bounce back and forth, just talk kind of a little bit about that night and kind of how that night played out and how that series played out as a, as a whole. You want first or second? Second. Okay, I'll go first. So here's my my uh, uh, angle from this. So, uh, unfortunately, I had parent conferences, welcome back to school night, the night of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, which is always a bummer. You can't miss that as as a teacher the first day. Sorry, I have to go play wiffle ball. You showed so, up still in your in your yeah, clothes. Too, yeah, yeah. So uh, you you guys did a nice job like stalling as long as you possibly could have. I appreciate that. Yeah. And so I I usually don't speed. I usually set the cruise control at the speed limit. I'm one of those guys. But this time I was like passing people on the highway as I was as I was coming, and I got there in like the third or fourth inning or something like that, and we were down I think three zip or something like that. Hmm. And uh, I, I played my work clothes for the second half of the game. And we came back, but we ended, I think, one run short. I think it was four to three. I don't know. Yeah. And so in my mind, we won three to one that game when I was there. So I feel like we win game one. As soon as, <laughs> as, soon as you showed up, you guys hopped on Zach a little bit too. And then that also showed for game three, I think, too, that you guys started to hit Zach really well. And then... So we lost game one, uh, game two, um, just utter domination from the Mets. I think it was like seven zip. Uh, that was slight work, and we just needed to get to game three, which turned into a crazy battle that went extra innings back and forth. Taco hit some big home runs. Um, Seuss had a mental lapse in the first inning with a couple like errant throws trying to pick people off, mm. which gave us a two-run lead. At that point, I was like, okay, maybe we got this. But then... Uh, a couple clutch hits, a couple clutch home runs, and then bottom of the seventh, I want to say. Yeah. You hit the, I think it was the first. walk-off dong, and that was it. Yeah. All I remember from it is you showing up late. I blacked out. Like, I don't remember a single <laughs> thing from game two. That's <laughs> blacked out for four hours. First time, first game pitching against Mippy 5 in the playoffs, and it was a battle. And I pitched decent, but that's just a classic example of I was still that little bit short of um, keeping it reined in score-wise or run-wise at all. So, yeah, you guys tied it up, and then it was a dead-even game. And game three, Taco. Taco was seeing Suze perfectly, and mm-hmm. every time he stepped up to the plate, every pitch, we were, we were waiting. And then you hit the, and then you hit the stinger. I had back-to-back at bats in like the fifth and sixth inning. The line drives that you had, you made leaping catches yeah. at at the wall. The and second the second the one I've watched back a few times just because yeah. that's like a highlight of mine. Just because 
Yeah. That one sure. might have went out. It was too. still rising. Yeah. yeah. I think that, that was one of those few legit risers mm-hmm. that was. Which, if it would have sailed over. If that sails over left field at Sky Hill 1, that's pretty impressive for a riser type of line drive. Mm-hmm. That's just the most memorable play that I have from that series, honestly. It was yeah. exciting to, to have a game winner against a team that basically, Mippy, basically against you, the best feeling was beating you because you were the Biscuits, you were the Mets. Knocked off I and four straight years of yes. going to the series, yeah. It's yeah. bogus. Yeah, and I think Hove, every time you've been in the playoffs, you've eventually faced Mippy's team. I have. <laughs> so you don't know a playoff run without facing and, and running up against a team that Mippy, you know, is a part of. So, you know, that was nothing new to you, I guess, and that's probably why you felt so comfortable going to a game three and, and playing into the wee hours of the night after all the other series had ended and everything else was set in stone. You guys were still battling it out. Just felt like both of you had that calming influence when. Things were getting rough. You know, I tuned in as soon as I could, but um, felt that from kind of a third-person perspective. And very fun um, series to kind of keep an eye on. And I think we'll remember that one for the rest of the especially, HRL. especially that you guys came out of Wiff Blues and we played you first. Yeah, round. it was unfortunate that it was the first round because that that was the Egan Finals right there. Yeah, because the vibes are booty cheeks. Like whoever won that series was going to destroy the vibes. Um, I don't <laughs> but the vibes were dodging the Mets, so. Exactly, yeah. their cheeks. Yeah, yeah. They would have collapsed in the sixth inning, and I hope Epps listening. Hi, hi, Epstein. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah, that I don't hit that walk off or Taco, because Taco barely missed one multiple times in the fifth, sixth, seventh, and mm-hmm. that goes one different way. It would have been two Hopkins teams in the championship in the World Series this last year, possibly. You know? and, and I mean, we talked about that too. Like whether it was us going to Wolfpalooza and having to go through the other side of the city, or you guys. When I picked the division and we were in the same division, I knew like, oh, okay, one of us is gonna have to go our separate way and go to Egan, mm-hmm. and, and that was just kind of also like a determinant to come out and be so dominant and try to win every game we face. Because mm-hmm. you know, once we got a little lead on you after that second series, it was like, okay, we're just running for our lives now because they're not gonna lose dumb games like that. So, yeah. You guys spanked us 5-0. Yeah. They're all good games, but you spanked it's, us 5-0. It could have gone any way. It could have been 4-1. It could have been you guys 4-us, 1-3-2. Dumpy doesn't rob that home run. That's right. And then the Dodger Dave clutch Dodger Dave walk-off. walk-off. Yeah. Is this regular season we're talking about? Yeah, when we face the Aces. So the Mets, I'll say it. I know you're not a Matt anymore, but they've always, as soon as JC took over, they've been such a fun team to always battle against. and. When it was him, Webby, and, and Taco, and those guys, and now that it's, it was you and Taco and, and JC and Char, just a fun battle every time you play the Mets, and it will still be even though you're not a part of the Mets. Mm-hmm. But we should get to kind of breaking news, Mippy to the Chihuahuas. Um, mm-hmm. Talk us bang, through bang, a little bit skeet, skeet. about that decision you made this off season to go to the Chihuahuas. Yeah, I, I'm I'm good friends with a lot of people on the Chihuahuas. They're part of the Fridley Factor crew growing up, sure. um, and I carpool with ages. Um, like I was one, I guess, who introduced him to the league. Uh, we needed a sub one night, and he subbed with us and with the Rays. Nice. And he kind of got the itch and created the Chihuahuas. And so um, I kind of always wanted to play with them. And I was carpooling with them at one point, definitely after the season was over because no tampering. 
And I was like, mm-hmm. if, if these things happen and whatnot, I would, I would join the Chihuahuas next year. And the, the cards kind of fell perfectly. And then mm-hmm. Face, a new Chihuahua, he was kind of in the same boat. He's looking for a change of scenery from the Ducks. And he wanted to play with Airbud because he's really good friends with Airbud. It just worked out, and we'll see what happens. So we're coming home for the 2023 season. Mm. It'll be a new feel. I don't want to ask straight up, but mm-hmm. I'm going to. What were you wanting to move around in the HRO? Like Chihuahuas, was that no question? Or yeah, there was there. There's only a few really places I would have gone. Um, basically Mets I would have stayed with the Mets because mm-hmm. I like the Mets um, Chihuahuas I was like well if the spot opens up on the Chihuahuas I would probably do that just because I like playing with different guys and yeah. there's really only a handful of situations where I would have left the Mets and the Chihuahuas having an open spot was one of those and I was like it's now or never because yeah. who knows if there's ever going to be a spot open again with the squad Are you excited to just play with different guys and uh, have a a fresh look on the year because that's got to what it, that's got to be what it feels like to start on a new. Yeah, season. it's kind of the same feeling I had going into the Mets a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Is just a refreshing outlook. Uh, not that things are getting stale or anything. I could be playing with wall with nuns and still have fun. Yeah. Um, you might but, get a chance because they are around the. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, never say never, man. But yeah, there's a little added element of excitement to have a new squad, new storylines, yeah. new. New uh, home run celebrations with new people and see what happens. Yeah, here we go. New Mippy home run celebrations. You know, new year, new me. We'll see what happens. Kids, close your eyes for any of those. Yeah, Face and I have had a celly for the last 20 years, so that'll be nothing new, I guess. Yeah. Airbud and I have already had one, so we'll see what. Oh God. We'll see what Nick. <laughs> we'll see what nickname ages and and per- Merce. Personally, I'm most excited because AJ is such a. Twitter and, and tech savant, and he's got that personality. I'm just excited to see what you on the video production standpoint, him, and all you guys together put out for content for social media-wise yeah. for the Chihuahuas. I mean, it just seems like it's going to be taken up a notch with you joining the crew now. And Signing night at Shortstop's Bar in Fridley, um, we were talking about that, and nickname was like, well, we got two people doing GoPros now. How are we going to handle this? And we're <laughs> like, well... We'll make it work. I think Nick Dame said, no, you just take it. So I think, <laughs> I, think, nope, you achieve. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll probably still just be doing video stuff. But this might be one year where I don't even have the Twitter login. Oh. And, I, and I love doing the Twitter stuff, but AJ's so good at it. He's so like, good at it. I don't want to step on his toes. That's right. um, and he's got his bits. And maybe I'll text him if I've got a good clapback <laughs> or whatnot. But um, You guys are definitely just going to be more f- fun on the field. Well, Chihuahuas were, have been anyway. And Mets are yeah. fun to be on the field with, but that just sounds like a fun team. Yeah. Um, d- yeah, different personalities. Um, I had a ton of fun on the field with the Mets, but um, definitely probably a little bit more of a competitive vibe, which I'm all for. I'm super mm-hmm. competitive as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Chihuahuas. Chihuahuas are actually sneaky competitive. Oh, um, not even sneaky. Yeah. Very yeah, nickname's probably the most competitive. Well, he might be top five most competitive in the league. I feel like, I don't know, it's just... 
like there's a barrier to communicating with him it's just because he's so damn competitive and just focused on winning but I also yeah. probably a lot of people probably think that about me so and Airbud, he's hilarious he's like hilarious. playing in the backyard I yeah. he's one of the, a few guys that'll get me cry laughing <laughs> um there's some, been some games where he like takes off his shirt and pulls up his pants under his armpits and he's oh, hitting geez. home runs like that and I'm I can't like feel the ball because I'm crying laughing um so he'll go from that and then sometimes on the field like you get the walk-off it. home run at Wiffapalooza, and you see a different side of him. Or Just like when he's out. on the mound, when he beat you guys, I'm sure yeah. he was an animal. I didn't see him that night. But. He was pretty reserved, but you could tell after it was such a sense of relief and kind of that, you know, verification for him that, okay, I'm here. Like, now is when I'm really hitting my stride and yeah. at my peak of my powers right now in this league. And, yeah, he was so great this year. And he's hilarious, you know, saying what up every time we show up to the ranks. and. Just never know what you're gonna get out of him, but uh, he's he's a character. So mm-hmm. I love I love the makeup of the Chihuahuas 2023, and maybe I'm just wondering, are we gonna get to see some uh, pre-game interviews, pre-game talk, car rides like we did a few with years such back? a power team with, with you involved and ages together? I hope so. I would love that. Like the off the leash pre-game show off was the one, leash. Of the best, yeah. one of the best things to happen to the league. It was a Twitter issue that they didn't allow lives anymore. That's the only reason it stopped. Can you describe um, off the leash? Because I don't know. Oh yeah, it's it's the uh, the Chihuahuas a few years ago. Every Thursday they would all carpool together. Uh, mm-hmm. They're fresh out of college, mm-hmm. trying to save a buck on gas, and they all lived near Fridley. Um, so while they're all carpooling together, they do an off the leash pregame show, and it would start bang bang skeet skeet. You don't want to see us in the street or something like that. Um, something like that. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> I see. And uh, and uh. they would they would have guest callers like they would call Taco and interview him about things sure. and have people call in and oh, yeah. um, uh, uh, one of the players' moms or something like that would call in and that sounds great. It was dangerous amazing. territory there. But. It was am- it was amazing. Yeah, keep Young Gravy away from the, him, I guess. Uh, that's hope, by the way. We're changing your name to Young Gravy. <laughs> oh, you're um, your first. Gravy, you heard it here first. And none of you Gravy. might ever see this hair ever again. <laughs> yeah. He's been speaking a game for a while now. Yeah, saying I'm going to cut it and whatnot. But see. that would be great if you guys did that on-field pre-game. Oh, yeah, like not that's like a car, right? someone's mom. Like, I want to see some content of that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure ages and the rest of the Chihuahuas will be chatting. We'll come up with something. Maybe maybe Discord has a live feature. I don't know, but sure. I know Twitter got rid of their live for whatever reason. Um, but Twitter Spaces is that is that just audio though? I, don't, I think it's just audio. Yeah. I don't know. That's I mean, bullshit if you ask me. It could still work, but it's kind of a fun bit. And AJ and I still live near each other, so maybe we'll be carpooling hopefully. There you go. And that would kind of be a recipe for some pregame stuff. Yeah, I'll say this for the people listening on this Wednesday edition of the Legend lineup: if you haven't seen him before. Check out the uh, HRL's YouTube channel. Um, specifically, go back to the 2012 playlist. Highlights, interviews, dumb, funny shit. Um, just get you through the last month and a half, two months of of the winter before we get back into the swing of things. So, fun little plug there. Yeah, definitely. Just footage. And yeah. So we were both thinking that when we were thinking Chihuahuas for 2022 mm-hmm. is... There will be a lot of footage from you guys. Which yeah. is... Whatever content is out, it's uh, we all know it's going to be quality, especially in the grand scheme of the league. Yeah, I've, I always try and switch it up a little bit, the style of how I do the video recaps. At first it was just like 
music and highlights, which mm-hmm. is fine. But mm-hmm. then I kind of want to add a little bit more personality. I did the voiceover, John Boy style, for the last couple of years. I like that. I'll probably still continue basically doing that. That's been my favorite, personally. Yeah, I get a little analysis. I try and, I'm trying to find, like, different spins because we, we like seeing home runs and whatnot. But, like, once you've seen ten home runs. I like, like where your head's at. Yeah, like – like how many home runs do you need to see? Like, well, because there's, you can plays. capture what happens on the rinks in a night in many different ways. Though it doesn't mm-hmm. even just have to be a game recap. Right, right. And so I might try and spin it a little bit more where I take an angle at just a storyline or something and play that up. And um, Nightmare had a good idea at All Star Night last night to mic players up. Um, unfortunately, it like wasn't turned on or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it would yeah. be fun to mic some players up too to I agree. get some sound bites. Kind of like ML, MLW does that, I believe, yeah. in the regular season. Yeah. So leagues are doing it. I mean, it wouldn't be far-fetched if we did that for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely a lot of extra time. editing, but during the summer I, I have a lot more time. You so. got the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, next topic uh, we should get into, and we just briefly touched on it, um, but let's get more into kind of the beginning of the Fridley Factors, how it got started, um, what age were you, and then mm-hmm. kind of talk us about Factor Field um, in the back of your parents. Sure. Yeah, I kind of touched on it a little bit with Stash when I uh, was with him, so I won't bore people with the exact same, same rundown, but kind of the SparkNotes version, if you will. Yeah. I don't know if people still use SparkNotes. Um, I think I was in eighth grade when the league actually became the Fridley Factors. I played in my backyard with my dad growing up just because we had space my whole life, but eighth grade going into ninth grade in 2003 was the first year we like kept official stats and had an opening day and mm-hmm. tournament and whatnot, and then it just, just grew exponentially for a bunch of years. And one year we had like 200 people for an opening day game wow. with, with marching bands and stuff like that. Oh it goodness. was like ridiculous, yeah. Wow. We had two marching bands show up on like the same day. Like one was just happened to be in the city going down the street and they came into the backyard and one was our high school like marching band. Um, and then that was probably peak in terms of how many people. And then once sure. we went to college and uh, lives started happening, the numbers uh, started dwindling down a little bit, but we still have a big opening day every year with 12-plus teams every yeah. year, sometimes pushing 20. And we still play a pretty solid regular season. It's all just pickup games. Um, you just draw or you pick teams each day, and you keep your own individual stats, your own individual wins and losses. The vibe's a lot more laid back than HRL, even though HRL still is pretty laid back, but right. it's, it's more just like That's home run derby style almost. Total backyard whiffs. Yeah, yeah, slow pitch. It's not even like curving balls. Mm-hmm. I know that's a lot of the purists will be mad about that, but that's just all we knew growing up. And it's kind of, well, that it's funny you say that because that style of wiffle ball adds, you got to make contact though with the pitches that you get since you are getting lob balls. I yeah. can even just picture that and playing wiffle ball in the backyard. That style it allows for big hits. And, well, yeah, just the backyard feel. Yeah, and like HRL and fast pitch is all pitcher dominated, which is super fun. Love that. I love the challenge of hitting it. I love pitching. Right. Um, but growing up playing the lob ball, um, there's a big emphasis on fielding and base running. Mm-hmm. And so you'd know, you probably notice a lot of the Fridley Factor players are elite fielders. The Wish yeah. grew up playing, having to field all these balls, and he's mm-hmm. arguably the best fielder in the league. You. Coming from a four-time second <laughs> yeah. ball, that's funny. Yeah. Um, well, now that we're both in the same league, it's on this year. <laughs> it's on this year, so. Yeah. Um, you might you might get your sticky paw back this year now that he left. Better. I, guess, think, yeah. I think it's, as long as at least one of you three, if not both, or two of you three, between you two and, and the Wish, every year, I mean, so many great plays. 
game-changing plays. It was like the same growing up in his backyard and us playing football together. That was my version of being able to you got to save the ball, so there's diving. And mm-hmm. we had a tree, too, right in left field play. Yeah. And it would hit the tree and go in the go in the water or go down by the rocks. And you're right, you know, always trying to make a play. Yeah. It's just that backyard style forces mm-hmm. you to move around. A Super bit. fun. And it's it, it, anybody could play it, too. It, you didn't have to be, like, good. And HRL, like, I mean, you have to have some skill to be able to compete. Um, but, like, in the backyard, a lob ball, pretty much anybody um, could play even if it was like a like Twizzler growing up uh, shout out Twizzler like she was playing since she was four and mm-hmm. like we would adapt the rules a little bit she'd get a bigger bat like a ball that goes a little bit farther but then it leveled the playing field and she hit like yeah. 75 home runs that year Barry Bonds wow um, yeah, yeah. It, Ages' little sister dominated for a couple of years when she was really young because she had those adapted rules and she would just hit tanks <laughs> so, that's so fun yeah um so yeah, that's basically for the factor. Uh, Who, where was it at all? Once the first person from that backyard joined the HRL, was it kind of like this? Hey, there's this HRL thing. Do you guys know about this? Or did, like, did multiple guys join together? Or was it? Yeah, it was. Uh, smallpox got recruited by Truck from Wiffle for Wishes. Mm. I think I mentioned that got beef with Truck for not recruiting me. I was at Wiffle and Fruition before him. But um, why, do you th- why do you think it is that Smallpox got recruited and you might not have? I don't remember. I think I think Smallpox was maybe more open and like wanting to do it. Sure. I remember my first impressions of HRL um, when I would just go to Wiffle and Fruition. Yeah. Was, let's, uh, just, let's just get right into it. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. My first impression was like, oh, that competitive Wiffle Ball would ruin Wiffle Ball for me. And, so you started doing it, huh? Yeah, and so I was like, I don't know if I want to get into competitive wiffle ball. Like, this is too fun just playing in my backyard. If it gets too competitive, like, this is going to be stupid. Then I joined with Tyler, and I was like, oh, okay, this is sweet. So and, did Tyler have, like, a year before No, else we or? all joined with the Rockies in 2014. It was uh, uh, Huck, uh, Smallpox, me, Babyface, I think, was actually on the team, technically. Stash, really? Stash was technically on the team. Was Stash named the team the Rockies, and then he only played in like three games. But or maybe I don't know. I think he named the team the Rockies, but maybe he didn't even play in any games. Um, the Wish, Wish wasn't on there, no. Oh. But that that was the first crew of factors. Is that Rockies team that mm-hmm. got contracted after year one? Two thousand. I want to say fourteen ish. Hmm. Feels about right. And that yeah. was. Smallpox, what, his first or second year, he hit, like, 495. So instant success for, I mean, him, but, I mean, you right away. I don't know if you won rookie of the year. He did. Who did? But It wasn't me. No, No. he didn't. (laughs) Definitely Smallpox. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you guys were rookies together. Yep. And you got it. Okay. No, I, I, that year I was, like, I think I missed, like, 10 games. Like, I haven't missed a game in, like, eight years since then. But, like, that first year I was, like, half in. Right. I was kind of like, oh, I have softball that night. There was one night I remember, like, Dan and I were, like, or Huck and I were, like, do we want to go play tonight? And we are like, I think we're busy, and we just didn't go. It was early in the year. Oh. Uh, it was it was a bad look for us early. Even the best skip yeah. out sometimes. Yeah. Wow. Like, we didn't know what we were get our, getting ourselves into. In hindsight, we looked like idiots. Fools. So I, can I can see why we were I've contracted. I can say I've done that. And I've. I'm not. It's it's basically the exact same situation with you. He was a year or two ahead of me in the HRL, but I still felt like I was coming in with him. And yeah, I missed half the season because of softball. Yeah, 
So yeah, it's like I mean, we all we live and we learn, and sometimes it just takes us a few years to figure out priorities. <laughs> priorities is right, but it just wasn't. We like had a, that we had a pretty yet. solid class when yeah. you're going in with the same class yeah, as smallpox. Like maybe, even Grizz, that, maybe even Grizz. Maybe even Grizz was Grizz on the team. Too. Yeah. And so, Hawk, he came in with you. Yeah, and uh, and oh god, that's a solid. Pox didn't let me pitch either. Pox huh. was our ace, um, and Dan and I had to uh, alternate pitching three innings a week because um, <laughs> we didn't know how to pitch. But yeah. now you guys do. It's the same. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you wouldn't let me pitch on the Dodgers. It wasn't you, had you and John. It was kind of more that like. While we're riding this high, while we're being successful, when you got two, and this I do want to touch on this too, when you have two aces back at the time, it's like okay, why yeah. you know you don't need to almost factor in a third person unless it's like different games or different scenarios. No, oh, yeah. Nowadays, I think you know Mets last year, us this year, to win a championship, you almost got to have for sure three or uh, two caliber dudes who are just great, and maybe even a third who knows how to throw a little bit and can come in different situation wise. And you guys have that with, with you and Pelp being two and three, I would say. But yeah. now you and Seuss, after I saw your performance, you guys are both very similar. A young arm with Handy. Mm-hmm. I think he, if he gets enough reps kind of like that, just getting a, even just getting those few innings every week or a couple winning couple innings every week. For sure. I mean, he already pitched a few games and but yeah, was successful. Pelp can still throw great. Yeah, and that'll know? never change. So. Oh, but yeah, me and Seuss are, are definitely both there for that, but... Yeah, your pitching arc reminds me of me. Really? Yeah. Um, my first two or three years in the league, I threw one pitch. I didn't even bother learning a second pitch. <laughs> yeah. I was like, if, if I can throw a strike, I'll just throw this. And yeah. I got by. I was competitive with it. And then sure. it took till year four to be like, oh, I need to pitch and not just throw the same pitch over. Yeah. And I think you're kind of near that turning point where... I'm not saying I did, but honestly, in that game for the World Series, felt like I turned... Like, yeah. it, like the page completely turned, and then now yeah. like the feel with the ball, thinking about it afterwards going into mm-hmm. this one, it's like yeah, that jump. Now it's going to be a matter of like, okay, if it's wet outside, if it's if the wind's blowing a different mm-hmm. direction, can you still do it? And that'll be your it's, big test. Fine tuning. This is lit yeah. talking to you about it because, I mean, I could tell him this, and I have that I think about you when it comes to pitching, especially in coming into a year like this, like motion he does the same like us three are very similar with I think how we approach pitching in general yeah and I got that from you Matt like specifically one of my pitches where I kind of raise my platform and go from the top more like just simple little intricacies that you can gain just a simple advantage on and it might not seem like much but sometimes after you know 200 300 at bats during the season when you're facing the top guys, you need that little mm-hmm. extra edge. And so you were definitely an inspiration for me to learn that as well. And I've realized over the years that you have to keep reinventing yourself too. Like there was a few years stretch, like whenever I was in my peak pitching stat years, probably when I was throwing 65 as well, but um, where like people had never seen me before. And mm-hmm. so they didn't know what was coming. Now I've been pitching to everybody so many times. They know what I have. So you yeah. almost have to keep reinventing yourself. I reinvented a pitch in the 2021 20, World Series. Mm-hmm. Um, like that submarine backdoor one, which I'd never thrown. But I was like, how do I possibly get psych out? <laughs> yeah. And I think I struck you out on it once. And then I got um, a nightmare in like the sixth inning of game six. Um, on that? Um, are you on talking that about that one. quick little thing? That quick little, like, flick. Uh. 
And I was like, I need, to, I need, some, I need something different. I've been lucky enough to miss most, most like you've missed um, all those like around me. When yeah, I'm you destroyed me this year. That was, I got bent over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Through three it's, drop balls, you funny, hit them all. It's funny but. you say reinvent yourself because now you're on a new team this year. Yeah. And even knowing a player like me, and like you just said, but knowing that a player is seeing you that well, even mm-hmm. just one person might make you realize, okay, yeah. There's mm-hmm. things I can, even the slightest arm angle, how you're coming over. It seems like you're a master at stuff like that, so I would assume you're definitely thinking about all the little stuff when it comes to arm angle, body placement, how you're pushing off. I'd say there's very few people that are masters. Seuss is probably the only one that's close to being a master that I've seen. Mm-hmm. I think I think in order to be a master, you have to realize that you do have to keep reinventing yourself, so can you ever actually be a master then? Mm-hmm. Maybe the master it, mastering is the process. That's the continuing. question of the day. Can you ever really master a certain craft like wiffle ball. And it kind of just goes to a true master doesn't see himself as one. Mm-hmm. He sees all the, all, the, all the room for improvement that there is. We're in an education building and we're just dropping <laughs> knowledge bombs on everybody. Yeah. Look M- at us. Might have left the library, but we still, <laughs> we still got that philosophy. Getting, getting prophetic. Yeah. Look at us. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's it feels like it feels like we're setting the bar high right now talking to and I know this is a legend lineup for sure but I mean I just have a random question mm-hmm. to veer off from the topics we have written down give the listeners and guys around the league and, and myself an idea where you're at when it comes to having four championships in this league mm-hmm. year 20 just being a successful player and and going along with that, reinventing yourself and like just how you feel going into another season. Like, where am I at in terms of like philosophy about championships or just like the league in general? Uh, your, you as a player, having, your legacy, having been a four-time champion, and mm-hmm. you're still plugging away. In my opinion, still the baddest cat out there. You I know? mean, you're adding to your legacy currently. So, I think what he's getting at is, yeah, talk about your legacy a little bit and talk about those championship runs. Well, in terms of like. My mentality with championships, I, I kind of thought like, okay, once I won the one with the Mets, like I'm that that'll satisfy, that'll quench my thirst for championships. Sure. But it almost made it like thirstier. Like I don't ever not want to feel this now at the end of the exactly. season. Um, and so I could kind of see that watching back the footage of Game Three against us. Yeah, you, you seem disappointed. Yeah, I wasn't happy we lost. No, <laughs> I, and, and not to say I, I like I'm super surprised by that, but I kind of was because of coming in and knowing you had already done so much, and I was like, I almost had that like deep down feeling of, how are you mad? Like move move aside, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's our turn. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we're all competitors. When we lose, we're less happy than when we win. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but even losing in the first round of the playoffs, I still had a blast the rest of the playoffs doing like the live stream stuff and doing play-by-plays for the World Series. Um, so I was able to enjoy it in a totally different way. Given the choice, I would rather be on the field. I like wiffle ball. Mm-hmm. But um, if my legacy, I guess, if you will, is doing broadcasting stuff after we lose in the first round, then, <laughs> then so be it, I guess. But you like winning, and you're 
excited to play another season. I just like to play wiffle ball, yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. I remember... That's the best answer. The first World yeah. Series against the Cardinals, uh, we were up three games to none, and I was hoping we would lose game four, or game five, or, like, or games four and five, because I wanted to play another night the next week on Thursday. Like That's yeah. literally my mentality. <laughs> yeah. Stuff too. I mean, obviously I wanted to win the championship, but like part of me, like when we got down, I was like, oh sweet, we maybe get to play on Thursday, or whatever day it was going to be. So I just wanted to play and, more wiffle ball. And when I heard that we had to play you in the first round, I was excited. So that's like, I mean, but yeah, I'm 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 a competitive one, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, no shock that all three of us are one of, the, you know, three of the more competitive guys in the league. I'd say so. Everybody else would agree with that. Yeah, yeah I mean, your legacy is up there, and we'll we'll touch on this a little bit later. But it's up there, and you're humble. But everybody who knows a thing or two knows the clutch moments, what you meant for a team like the Rays, a dynasty like the Rays, uh, Biscuits and Mets, and what you did with them for the last couple of years. Um, it's still changing because you're still playing and you're still playing at such a high level. But, I mean, if you were to step away after this year, First nothing, nothing would be left to questioning. And um, So it's a pleasure to have you on the Legend lineup. You were a true legend. Um, and just... You know, keep keep at your craft. I mean, keep reinventing yourself, like you said. Keep having fun on the rinks. And if five years from now you find yourself in a different niche where you're um, still getting guys in or doing whatever it is and you're not as much playing to win championships, you know, that that's great as well. I appreciate it. My ego is going to be huge driving home tonight. I think that's, like, <laughs> the exact point we want to do. We, we're trying to boost yeah. your – we're trying to get it up, get you – We're trying to get it up? Yeah. <laughs> Like, Again, the kids in the classroom. <laughs> oh if the kids in the classroom God. are still listening, <laughs> teachers turn it off and do it quick. I walk into those right there. I felt like I just walked right into that. If you didn't call it out, though, he probably wouldn't have said anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean that was a great question. But let's get back to kind of your beginnings in the HRL again. It's still going. Going okay. Oh yeah. Okay. You touched on um, your first year and how you really didn't pitch that much, and then you know getting mm-hmm. into the other couple years. Talk through the rest of those years before you joined up with, uh, joined back up, I guess, with yeah. the Rays. Yeah. So Rockies year one, uh, we got contracted after year one for not having enough people show up consistently, um, and so Huck and I were like, well, that was fun, but uh, that's maybe it, and um, well, we were. F- free agents that was before free agency was as big of a sure. deal it feels a lot bigger of a deal now and official and it's all that it's definitely a new era but you guys were almost done. done yeah we we were like okay um smallpox i guess was going to join up with i think hater and two bat and they were going to f- and yeah. web gem i think um the devil rays yes, i believe it yeah. was yeah. um and they were going to form their team and tyler had all the friends i didn't talk to anybody my first year in the league like i didn't think i thought it was like softball where you show up and play games and leave um and um, the lights got shut off on us again. No. We're, we're maybe about to get kicked out of this place, too. No, no, too. they're not even going to come in here. They just, they assume, oh, shit. Yeah. Hey, just wanted to let you know, we're recording a podcast. We're just recording a podcast right here. Nothing close to that. Uh, I'll watch it in a bit. 20 more minutes? Uh, 41 minutes, maybe, right? 
Let's go. So we got 10 minutes? Yeah. Until we get kicked out. All right. I'll make this real fast, I guess. Um, unless there's another spot that we might as well just run through the rest now. But yeah, we'll we'll go through the we'll go through the other really important questions. But okay, yeah, well, yeah. Basically, we almost got contracted. Long story short, Huck and I were just chilling in the off season, just no plans of trying to find a team or anything, just not on the message board, just living our best lives. And then Pork Boy texts us out of nowhere, mm -hmm. saying, "Hey, do you want to join the White Sox?" And Huck and I were like, uh, "Do we want to do that?" And, like we didn't know who Pork Boy was really, and sure. uh, we're like, "Might as well." And then just had an absolute blast playing with the White Sox. Yeah. And we, we made a run at the World Series, actually, because we figured out how to pitch that year. Sure. We were a taco home run away from going to the final game of the city finals. Oh, um, and we had the lead, too. And taco had a go-ahead home run, like two outs in the bottom of the fifth or something like that. And that was the Nationals years, I believe? <laughs> that was the Nationals year, yeah. Um, and so played a couple years with the White Sox. And then Smallpox was like, let's get the band back together. Yeah. Um, and had a good run with the Rays slash Biscuits, won a few championships with them. Most people know that story. Mm -hmm. And then um, after our championship in whatever year that was, 2020, I want to say, um, uh, Smallpox is like, we're going to, the band's going to disband again, and Too Bad was going somewhere else anyway. So sure. um, then Huck and I initially were going to be package deal, um, then just right pieces didn't fall into place uh, for that. And I was like, if you want to go to Egan on By your own team, I will not hold it against you. And right. um, so he would join the Vibes. I joined the Mets. And then here we are today after those two years. That's awesome. I didn't know that. I wasn't so sure that Tyler was actually like the manager of the Biscuits. I thought it was kind of like either a you thing or a Dan thing ultimately. But I did yeah. not expect that Tyler was actually. No, there. yeah, Smallpox has always kind of run the show. Too bad I think technically was our manager the, in sure. the Too Bad years, but Smallpox has always been the guy pulling the strings in terms of getting the team together. And I know he has been like with the Grasshoppers and will be next year with them. And so since then he has been as well. So mm -hmm. I guess that's fair I, to assume. I knew you knew him, but I didn't know you guys came into the league like that together. That's super cool. Yeah, he was. He was a few years younger than me in Fridley Factor, and he was always one of the better players, and he's a, just a sports addict, so oh, yeah. he was a, he's, a, he's a fun guy to always get sporting things together. Yes, and he recently just turned 30 as well, so yeah. he's on the wrong side of 30 now, I think he likes to say. Yeah, but in better shape than ever. Yeah. You guys won a, well, you three won a national championship together. Yes. Yep, that was fun. I liked that. That was very fun. Talk us through quick. I had a question. Yeah. Does that float through your head when you win that? Like, I just won this with even because was it just you two that were for the factors that There's were on four. that team? Four of you. Yeah. Does that go through your head when you win that? Like. Yeah, we. I, I can't remember how thinking about those boys specifically. Like, man, these are the guys I grew up playing. With. Now here we are. Yeah, we. I can't remember if that made the final cut of the documentary or not. Um, but there was a clip of four Fridley factors on the field mm -hmm. saying we started in our backyard and we were standing like on the field saying and now we're national champions exactly. it completely like validates not that we need to win to validate ourselves with wiffle ball because at the end of the day it's wiffle ball but there still is a pride element of like we had a blast growing up just doing this for fun and yet we still were able to 
beat everyone else in the country. You don't need that fine validation there. That that's just given to you through that victory, though. Right, know? right. It's solidif. Nobody, nobody can say anything to us the rest of our lives about wiffle ball yeah. in terms of like sure. skill or whatnot. Once you win the national championship, it was cool for me, honestly, too, because you know you're very stoic when you win, stoic when you lose. But knowing you how I do now. I could tell like all the emotions were pouring out of you on that field after we won. You were calling trucks, Seuss, your yeah. parents. And it was like you let all your bridges down and you were just so vulnerable in that moment. And that was cool for me to be like, shit, this guy that I've <laughs> known now for three, four, five years is I'm seeing another side of him because we accomplished something so cool together. And the documentary you did, I mean, you can touch on that a little bit if you want, but that was just one of the coolest things I think production-wise the HRL will ever see. And for sure was probably at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like you know we were kids on Christmas morning that day oh, that yeah. it dropped, and I know a few of us watched together. But yeah, no, that was one of the most exciting moments of my life is when Tyler threw that 94 mile an hour strike three. Yeah, and wish I could bottle that. Me too. Utter jubilation. I think that energy is raised with the with the unknowing aspect that an event like that. A win like that, Minnesota winning a national tournament on a stage like that, a few years before we host it, right. and at, just as players from Minnesota are starting to enjoy fast pitch more or play fast pitch more, that sets the stage for years of wiffle ball to come, like that victory. And itself. went to the national championship the next year. Yes. Almost went back to back. Yeah. I thought that was that second round, especially like that Sunday. For me, because I was pitching more, mm-hmm. and I felt a little disrespected. Like, that was very satisfying, too. Mm-hmm. But at that point, like, throughout that tourney run, I just felt like, holy shit, we are just such brothers, and we're having so much fun, and yeah, if we lose, whatever. But ultimately, we just have such confidence in each other. And, you know, I hope everybody can find that, like, someday in their HRL or wiffle ball journey is, like, finding that team or cast of guys that you play with. Like, we can just count on each other, and we've reached – what we think is the pinnacle. It was such a fun time to be alive those couple of years where we were making runs, and I hope we get to go back as teammates again soon. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Eventually we'll host it. Not uh-huh. too far from now. What yeah. do you think about that? Hosting it? Yeah. I'm excited. I'm trying to stay uh, young enough to make the team for that year. Mm. <laughs> I think we'll have a lot of guys trying out. I, yeah. I hope we do. Yeah. By, by next spring for sure. So you already, you got a, already got another one for this year. I'll be trying out this year. So Yeah, so we got two, or we got another NWA before then going back out to Pittsburgh. So uh-huh. we got to go back and represent. Yeah. Do you specifically have any good ideas for what you want to do and you want to contribute to the 2024 NWA tournament when we host? Not yet, no. I'll come up with stuff when yeah. that one time comes, but uh, I haven't put too much thought into it yet. Sure. I know a lot's up in the air now, and... We'll figure out a lot more as, as the months keep turning and everything, but we're running out of time, and the last topic we just have to get through is <clears throat> the Hall of Fame, so just kind of give us where your head's at. Um, I know you've voted now for a couple of years for Hall of Famers, and mm-hmm. what do you think the HRL Hall of Fame means, and, and where do you want to see that go in the next couple of years? Yeah, and that's another one of the topics that I haven't put a whole lot of thought into until listening to these podcasts and yeah. hearing people's takes on it, <clears throat> and for me you have to have current players because the players on the ballot that are getting close, my issue with voting for certain players is 
even if you had a great five-year career, if there's 30 people in the league that have done more than that that are still currently playing, like, why why would you be a Hall of Famer in front of, like, these 30 other people that have, sure. like, doubled the resume? Mm-hmm. Um, and no disrespect to, right. like, like, the Spoons or TJs of the league that are in that category or beard faces that that had great, like, five-year careers. Just a short um, career. It's just, like, when you have so many people currently that have already played close to ten, what are you at? Will this be, like, six or this seven? Be my seventh. Seventh year? Yeah, like... But how many can you count? And you're definitely in that crew of dudes... Right now, if they stepped away, would be Hall of Famers, should be Hall of Famers, and we could argue at least 10, maybe 20, maybe 30, mm-hmm. can just go right into the Hall of Fame now and keep playing as long as they right. want. You know? Right. That's that's the approach I would take. That's what Fridley Factor's always done, sure. is we vote for, we have a max of two that can get in each year. Yeah. And it's just all current players slash contributor, contributors and then it's just the top two vote getters get in every year. Yeah. So it's not like you have to reach a 75% threshold or 60, mm-hmm. whatever. That's kind of what I've, I've mentioned is uh, is the couple each year, mm-hmm. the few, whatever number we want to land on with more guys than something like even Fridley Factors. But even two is a, a good enough number to get a ball rolling and not have to reach, yeah, like you said, Sure. Yeah, and I don't, and I'm not. It's not a hill I'm willing to die on for the, the yeah. Hall of Fame discussion. I think that's maybe a discussion more for the people that have been around the league closer to the 20 years, and I'm totally fine with whatever they decide uh, sure. with it. But if you're asking me, that's we're, my two cents, I guess. Me and Evan have definitely stated, and our our purpose with talking about it is to just like we always hear nowadays with all these different things to open the conversation and just mm-hmm. to get a different perspective from. For someone like you who has um, an opinion that a lot of people respect and, yeah, just gaining information on it. What do people think about it? When we talked to WebGem, if you guys listened to our podcast with him yesterday, he talked to us a lot about how he loves getting emails and getting told random things by anyone in the league, just points of view Mm -hmm. on even rules Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. It's just all data that is compiled, and yeah, I like to hear that take about about the uh, about the Hall of Fame. It's a very good take. It's not writ- It's not. It's not set in stone. That's for sure. But yeah, and I think the Hall of Fame will eventually evolve into something we all really love it being. But it's going to take that time. We don't like you said, two max in a year for Fridley. We don't want to get fifteen dudes in red at once, right? Then it would water it down. But I think we got to get the guys in who you know. If you tell the story of the HRL. Mm-hmm. It can't be told without these certain individuals. Um, mm-hmm. You, of course, being one of them. So, I think we're due to get some more guys in, and I'm confident maybe this year we'll get a legend or two in. Is that the doors locking? <laughs> Hopefully not. Well, on that note, <laughs> do we do a sign off, or is that do we just cut it off right here? I don't know. We might as well do a sign off. All right, Mip. It was a pleasure having you on. It was a pleasure. Despite being at St. Thomas to be here, uh, thank you for inviting me into hostile territory in my Johnny attire. Yeah, it's it's actually not as bad as people say it is. (laughs) And you are listening to the HRL Touch Em All podcast. Have me back when we talk about pitch speed. One Touch Em All. We need to counter Sanchez and and Stash's takes on that. We can definitely have that conversation (laughs) at a later date. We
would have definitely kept going for probably another 15. Well, my head is it's still recording, and I'm my head's still like there's no way that's over. Or I'll have to use the footage that we got from recording earlier. You can mash something up, I guess. But we're gonna have like should have been was, like three hours. So maybe it, maybe it would be a good thing if we had a quicker one. Well, if you want to, yeah. Next time, or if you want to do it part two, some of the time. We definitely. Let's listen in America today. Oh,